Welcome back to the Peddler Podcast. This is your host, Norby. Today, I will do a special episode uh, as a solo episode. And today's topic will be investing into paddle. And to be more specific, I will talk about opening a paddle center. The episode was inspired by a couple people who have reached out to me personally or actually came to Pellerina from Germany or from Austria um, and had a few questions about the center and its operations and wanted to learn more about our experiences of running and growing the center. So I would like to share a couple points with the listeners today uh, that I think are important and a couple numbers as well just for as an interesting insight into Okay, how much money do you need to invest into paddle? How much returns you might have? Um, yeah, so let's get into the episode. I wanted to get started with explaining two different business models and a hybrid one. So three different business models that exist for now for, for paddle centers. Um, one of them is an automatic center, basically, where you have an automatic door with a code. And once you reserve a court, you get a code, you get in, you play and most of the most of the things inside the center is also automatic so the drinks um, the racket rentals um, the shop is automated most of it and you can do everything by your credit card um, you go and play and you go home uh, the second one is a more traditional option where you have opening hours you have someone is always there you have a small bar area you have a small restaurant area um, and the shop is also operated by someone where you can test rackets and buy rackets afterwards. I will be talking a lot more about the more traditional center uh, because that's where I have experience running one um, and that's what I know a bit more of. The automatic center requires anyways uh, less personal to be present um, and less of a yeah, less of a commitment from the investor in terms of being in the center. Uh, normally it's designed to run itself and people come, play and go afterwards. Um, more traditionally, it's designed to people come, play um, and then come to the restaurant or the bar area, have a beer, have a pizza um, and chat with their friends and be there for another three hours after playing for two hours. Um, so I have more experience on, on, on doing that. So I will be speaking more about that. Um, when you're looking into investing into paddle uh, and opening a center, obviously the most important thing is, is your location. Um, and after that comes size. So I would like to touch on these two points, location and size first. Um, location meaning what's around the area first and second is it accessible by car or public transport or both obviously both are the greatest um and if it's only easily accessible by car it's also okay uh, but then you got to make sure that you have some other things around the club such as schools such as um, businesses offices that are that are working there um, why is that important? Because normally in the evening you will not have a problem filling the courts, but during the day is where obviously most centers struggle to fill the courts. Um, and if you have a bunch of schools around you, then the junior, then your academy, um, 
will be slightly easier to get started and have the kids come after school, uh, work with the schools to set up programs that they come during the day as part of their sports programs. Um, and if you have offices as well around the area, then a lunchtime paddle is a great way to promote it. Um, people come, take their lunch, and uh, they can even eat at your restaurant if you have. If you're thinking of opening one of those more traditional ones, they come uh, play lunchtime. They'll have uh, a pizza and hamburger or whatever you you uh, decide to sell in the uh, in the arena, in the hall, in the venue. So they'll come and. Easy ways to fill out your courts, not only in prime time, but um, during the day as well. Size of the venue matters, I believe, because um, if you're looking to open a proper paddle center uh, where you have real, real um, money making potential, where you have real earning potential, uh, you're looking at least five, six, if not more courts. Um, so just as a reference, we have a hall that is 2000 square meters. Um, and then there's six courts in there with a the bar, um, with changing room and the small uh, lounge area as well. Now we're expanding to about 2500 square meters with two extra courts. So there will be eight courts now um, on the 2500 square meters. Uh, with the slightly bigger bar area, slightly bigger changing rooms as well, of course, because more people um, need to upgrade for the changing rooms as well. Um, so that's that's as a reference. So you're looking at halls that are that size, uh, that are because with smaller ones, it's it's the problem is you're limited. Obviously, your the courts are and will be your main income source of income, um, and with limited courts, obviously your rent is is less as well your monthly rent or if you buy the property then still smaller property costs less i understand that um but your earning potential is very limited with three courts or even four courts so yeah six courts at the minimum for events as well then obviously will help if you're looking at company events uh when you have three courts and you have a company looking to come and celebrate and you got 30 employees or 40 employees um, and 12 can play at the same time, then it will be difficult to, to host them. Same thing for opening or starting to develop junior academy. When you have two courts occupied by the juniors um, in the afternoon or early evening, you only have one more court for, for, for clients to play on. So it's obviously not great, uh, but if you have six courts, two of them are occupied by juniors, you still have four of the courts to be rented out to clients um, and have them play. And another point I would like to add here is the height of the of the ceiling of the hall. Um, anything below seven meters, I would say, is, is a difficult sell. After that, lob is a big part of, of the sport and played very often. Um, so yeah, to host international tournaments, um, you'll have to be minimum uh, eight meters, seven and a half, eight meters. Um, so that's the kind of minimum height I would be looking for in a in a new venue when you're considering your location. So that's why those are the things important. Obviously, it depends on how much money you have to invest. Um, so for that, leading into that, I would like to share a couple of numbers about investing into it and what it costs um, in the first year, more or less. The cost of a pedal court right now is about 20,000 euros. 
it can differ a little bit. It can be more, it can be a bit less, but I would, I would say 20,000 euros is a realistic number. Um, so we're looking at five, six, uh, quarts, then it's 100, 120,000 euros to start with. That is of course, also if the ground under the paddle court is already, uh, completely, um, done so meaning it's flat completely and it's hard uh, otherwise the court will not be great so that needs to be done if you need to work with asphalt or do uh, do some renovations there on the on the, on the floor then it's going to be more, more. Um, but just the court itself about twenty thousand euros um then you got your first year of rent again very dependent on on where you actually are um but we're looking at twenty thousand euros for a whole of uh, 2,000 square meters, two and a half thousand square meters, we're looking at 20, 25,000 euros. So 250,000 um, for the year. Then you got employees. You definitely need your, if you're an investor and you wanna work uh, long hours, that's great. Then you need another person that works with you at the bar and just kind of running the place as a center manager. Um, and then you're looking at another, <clears throat> and you're looking at another, coach if you're eventually looking for junior academy um and all these numbers again depending on where you are and how much a normal salary is in your country uh but it will add up to at least uh, 500,000 euros for the first year with rent paid employees paid and your pedal courts obviously that you've invested into it <clears throat> plus any renovations that needs to be done given that you have showers already uh, then it's going to be more, obviously. Uh, but the 520,000, 500, 550,000 euros uh, comes down to, uh, uh, yeah, between 40, 45,000 euros per month. Um, and that leads into my next point that 40 to 45,000 euros a month, you will have to then generate, obviously, to make it uh, essentially a successful business at one point. Um, and from that, we're looking at 25 hours a day, more or less, sold on the court to, to break even on that. So 25 hours a day divided to the six courts, that's a bit more than four hours on each court every single day, but that's every single day of the year, right? Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it doesn't, when I first heard about the number, I thought, oh, that's easy. Uh, it's not so easy. Um, so that's, that's something to, to think of for sure. Um, at the beginning, again, depend, depending on which country you're at, right? If you're in Sweden or in Spain or Norway or Denmark or where, where the, the courts are, uh, well, the, where paddle is already, um, very popular. These numbers are not so, uh, they're like, yeah, you will, we'll do it easily. It's no problem. But many of the developing countries that are coming up right now with paddle, um, 25 hours sounds very easy, but it's actually not that easy. So be aware of that. Again, depends as well the 25 hours on, on how much you sell your, your courts for. Um, from my experience, courts are obviously a bit more expensive in the evening in our prime time, when uh, prime time is from five until closing. Before that, in the afternoon, it's a little bit cheaper, and in the morning, it's even cheaper. In Europe, where we are, or where I am, in Switzerland especially, uh, but we don't have a membership kind of solution like in the US, 
it's just a play play and pay kind of system um but i heard from a couple guys that in the us for example they're obviously tennis clubs and and all sorts of things they they're working with memberships um and on top you can still have your courts so those are the things now mo moving on to okay cool i have the numbers i have half a million uh, euros to invest or 600,000 euros to invest for a hole that is big enough that I can grow that you can grow a big center <clears throat> from it eventually um what do you what what should you expect speaking from experience you should expect long hours being there when you say you're open until 11 11 in the evening or 12 o'clock in the evening you're not exactly closing at that time because people will want to have a beer after people will not take a shower they want to have some dinner or whatnot so most of the time i'm in the center until 1 a.m uh, sometimes even until 2 a.m um, depending on how the beers flow and then the next day you're there again 10 11 depends on on how uh, your co-worker works um, and how you guys can break it apart but long hours are for sure part of part of the deal and at the beginning, for me, one of the most important things is be able to build a community in your paddle center. Um, so people associate with the center and people come and play. And obviously, if you're looking to set up one with a bar and with a restaurant and, uh, and with a shop that people consume after they play. So it's very important to have a knowledgeable person at the at the entrance, at the registration, where people come in and, and not necessarily someone who has no idea about paddle or who has no idea about sports, but has worked in a, in a reg registry where people, where you greet people and um, I'm sure they do the job well, but here it's very important that uh, you have someone who's at least had interest in the sport um, or has a good knowledge of the sport as well. Um, because that will be very important of building the community off the court um, there at the restaurant and to entertain um, the people there. That's very important. I would focus on building that community um, by having someone there who, who's knowledgeable and also by doing social events um, that are yeah different, different, different social events. Uh, for example, speaking from, from what we do here in Switzerland, in Palerina, is uh, we host a Scandinavian evening, for example, for people from the Nordics. We have a big community there, so we host an event specifically for them. Uh, we host an event specifically for women's only, like a small tournament uh, where women's only, and we grow our women's community by that. People can invite new people. There's no levels that are required. Uh, complete beginners from can play to all the way to um, better players, and we try to organize the groups in a way but so dif different social events that are looking at different communities um are a great way to to grow the sports or to grow your center and to build a community with loyal uh fans or with loyal clients that will then stick around and happily come to the center um yeah i i think there's obviously a lot more to cover and there's a couple more specific questions with more specific numbers that uh, 
I cannot share potentially in a podcast like this, uh, but happy to share <clears throat> more to anyone who was who was interested and has has some questions of their own. Feel free to reach out. Um, in that case, I'd be happy to happy to do that. Whether you're in the U.S., whether you're in Canada, whether you're in the Middle East, whether you're in Africa, um, obviously you know your lo- local market uh, the best and the cost and how much things and how things work there. But on running a center and what it takes to grow a center, I'm happy to share more about that uh, with anyone. So thanks for listening to this episode and we'll be back with more with our next guests. So stay tuned.